Alright, well welcome to Bronx Bombers Beat. I am Nate Shelton. This is a brand new podcast where we'll be giving you the latest every week on what's going on with the New York Yankees. Also, we'll cover a little bit of the AL East division itself, give you some news and notes, the standings rundown, maybe highlight some players that have kind of stood out this this week. I want to get things caught up, of course, since we're two months into the season already. Hard to believe it's already June 2nd. But I want to go back and talk a little bit about the acquisition the Yankees made for Giancarlo Stanton in the offseason, the reigning NL MVP. They acquired him from the Miami Marlins for second baseman Starling Castro, excuse me, and some other pieces that were not too notable. But they plugged in Giancarlo Stanton into an already stacked lineup featuring Aaron Judge, the AL Rookie of the Year, Gary Sanchez, first baseman Greg Bird, and a host of other bats in the lineup that were had just tons of pop all the way up and down. Came into spring training. Cashman was taught, was expecting rookies Miguel Andahar and second baseman Glaber Torres to start at second and third, respectively. But after spring, spring training, it was apparent that Glaber was not yet quite ready for the season as he missed all of last year with Tommy John surgery on his non-throwing elbow. Needed to get back into game speed and game mode having not played hardly any games last year. So they stumbled out of the gate a little bit, went 9-9 the first two weeks, which wouldn't be be so bad for any normal baseball team, but the Boston Red Sox got off to a blistering start, their best start ever as a franchise, going 17-2, putting the Yankees already behind the eight ball, so to speak, seven and a half games out of first place. About that time, two or three weeks into the season, the Yankees called up that top prospect, Glaber Torres, to play at second base. It appeared he was ready, and they were not wrong as he jumped right in like a seasoned veteran, making outstanding defensive plays, great with the bat, just looked like he'd been playing for five or six years. You would never know he was a rookie looking at him. They went on about the same time to win 21 out of 24, and they did not necessarily pad their schedule, pad their record with passies and cupcakes, as most people would think. But they played the Red Sox, took two out of three from them at home, traveled down to the defending world champion Houston Astros, won three out of four from them, only losing to Justin Verlander, who looks like he's shaping up to be the top candidate for the AL Cy Young Award this year. They then came home and took three straight from the their division playoff foe last year, Cleveland Indian, Cleveland Indians, excuse me, and about that same time found themselves only a game out of first place. They've been playing cat and mouse with the Red Sox the rest of the season so far for that first place spot, and currently find themselves a half game out. This last week they had a small home stand with the L.A. Angels and Houston Astros taking two of three from the Angels, only losing the Saturday game last weekend. Astros came into town in New York looking to avenge the earlier season series and took the first game of the set with, again, Justin Verlander dominating the New York Yankees. The Yankees are just having all kinds of trouble figuring him out. He has just been lights out this season. But then the Yankees won the final two games of that series. The second game in dramatic fashion. 
down 5-3 in the ninth inning. Brett Gardner hit a two-run home run to tie the game and send it to extra innings. And the already one of the top candidates for Rookie of the Year, in my opinion. Glaber Torres had a game-winning single after Andahar had reached on a double to start the inning. And kind of set the tone for the way the Yankees have played this year. Pitching hasn't been exactly their strong point, starting pitching at least. Kind of let them down a few times. They have, And because of that, they've had several come-from-behind victories in the 8th and ninth inning, which is just something you don't see from a team so young in this season. They are now currently in the middle of a three-game, supposed to be four-game series with the Baltimore Orioles, who are a league worse 17-41. and 41. The first game of the series was rained out. The Yankees took the second game and the, today's game as well. They won 8-4. to four. Uh, So speaking of the Baltimore Orioles, I'm going to break down the league standings so far, the third of the way through the season. Orioles, as I said, are 17-41, and 41, worst record in the majors, 22 and a half games out of first place. Orioles just got a bad start out of the gate. They have their pitching is non-existent. What pitching they do have, their defense lets them down, which is surprising because you look at their lineup and they just they have good players. Just nothing is clicking for them at all. Their home their big slugger Chris Davis can't hit his way out of a paper bag right now, normally re- reliable. Give you some power in the lineup, but just not producing anywhere. Two of their bullpen arms, their big arms in the bullpen, Darren O'Day and Zach Britton, both on the DL. In fact, Zach Britton is now on a minor league stint on rehab, trying to work his way back in onto the team. The one bright spot for the Orioles is Manny Machado, a American League 17 home run, leading 17 home runs. The one bright spot, and in all intents and purposes, will 99% of the league thinks he will be moved at the trade deadline. It just makes no sense for the Orioles to keep him since he is a free agent this offseason and they are going nowhere. So look for him to be moved at the deadline, probably to a, a North, excuse me, a National League team. Uh, leading candidates seem to be either the Dodgers or possibly the Braves. It's too early to tell, but those look like two teams that could use them. Maybe the Phillies as well. So look for that to be happening here in the next month or so. The Tampa Bay Ray, or I'm sorry, the Toronto Blue Jays, I should say, are just ahead of them in the standings at 25 and 33, 14 and a half games out of first place. Uh, the Blue Jays seems to be just they're in between, not knowing if they want to rebuild or kind of stick with the veteran guys they have. Josh Donaldson, their big bat in the lineup, is currently on the DL with knee soreness. He's been dealing with that off and on all season. They do have Vladimir Guerrero Jr., if that name sounds familiar. He, his father played for the Expos and the Los Angeles Angels during his major league career. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is currently in double A. Uh, a lot of people thinking he will be called up 
probably September for what they call a cup of coffee, get his feet wet in the major leagues, and then get him ready for spring training next year. As Josh Donaldson will probably be more than likely moving on to another team as he's a free agent this year. They're also missing Robert Osuna, their star closer. He is currently suspended for domestic violence incident. I believe that is his second violation of that. That's just... I hope he learns from this, unfortunately. In third place, the Tampa Bay Rays. They're a surprising 528-28, ten and a half games out. Uh, a couple things about the Rays. They have no real pop in their lineup. Their catcher, Wilson Ramos, he's got a little bit of pop. They also have uh, some great pitching. Chris Archer, of course. On note about their pitching staff, they don't have a fifth starter, so every fifth day they go with what they call a bullpen day. Right now, Sergio Romo, who is normally a closer or setup man, starts the first inning, and then they work their way through the bullpen to cover that. Kind of tells you about where they're at with their farm system. that They don't have a fifth arm to cover that spot in the rotation. It does seem to be working, though. Like I said, they are 28 and 28, which is a little bit surprising. A little bit better, better than where everybody saw them at at the beginning of the year. And, of course, in second place, the New York Yankees. 37 and 17, a half game behind the Red Sox in first place. Note about the 37 and 17 record. Yankees currently, last time they started out with that record was 1998. That sounds familiar to you. That was the year the Yankees set the win loss record for a major league team, blowing through the majors, winning the World Series in a four game sweep. So maybe that has a little bit of foreshadowing to it coming up the end of the season, we hope so. A couple of notes about the Yankees. The bullpen is going to be ramped up here with the addition of Adam Warren, who will be reactivated off the DL on Monday. A nice long arm in the bullpen if they need it. Especially with Domingo Herman filling that fifth starter in the rotation with Jordan Montgomery on the DL. Although there is a bright spot for him as he has been, again, throwing the ball. So that's always a bright thing to see. He had a strained ligament in his elbow. Also, they're awaiting the return of Brandon Drury, their utility man in the infield. He was acquired from the Diamondbacks. He has been suffering with migraines and dizziness. They have yet to figure out what the cause that is. He is currently playing in the minor leagues, though, and being rather productive. Uh, the Boston Red Sox, of course, leading the division of 40-19. They just beat the Astros today, and the aforementioned Justin Verlander. They were able to get to the bullpen, which is what most people are, where most people are, most teams are finding success against the Astros. They came back and won five to four today to hold on to the first place spot. The Red Sox currently. Just yesterday, placed Mookie Betts, their all-star right fielder, on the 10-day disabled list with an abdominal strain, which is unfortunate for them. Maybe not so much for the Yankees, as I am a kind of ex- kind of happy about that. Not happy that he's hurt, but he is the lead cog in their offense. He's leading them with 17 home runs, and just he's the spark that gets that offense going. They also just recently placed Dustin Pedroia on the 10-day ADL with knee soreness, who 
Pedroia, who had just came back from the DL three days ago. Again, just can't get that knee to work out for him. He's been on there since the beginning of the season. Looks like he will probably be retiring after this year. He's been there for quite some time. So the Red Sox are going to be leaning heavily on J.D. Martinez, their free agent acquisition in the offseason. He's their lone pop in the lineup. As others in the Red Sox lineup are kind of struggling so far. So we'll look and see how well the Red Sox do with those two players on the DL. Well, that's about going to do it for this episode of Bronx Bombers Beat. I thank you for listening and tuning in. I look forward to talking to you next week.